Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Does that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome in. It is in this league right here on Sports Grid, the daily edition with your boys Bogman and the Welsh. Find us on Twitter. Is it the Welsh? Bogman Sports. That's us. We're here and we're talking. NFL draft and the team previews are essentially uh, the team outlooks for the coming season. Maybe look at a little bit of the sports book side, look at how the NFL draft treated that team, the grades that they got, and we'll kind of mash it all together, Boggs. Yeah, so much fun. Lots of teams to cover, too. Uh, I had an annoying thing happen to me at the grocery store yesterday. Okay. Can I, can I tell you about similar that? Similar to quick? the last story you told about the grocery store? No, no, not not that. But that's a secret uh, show one, by the way. If people <laughs> want to hear that over on Patreon. That, that is that one uh, is going in the tournament for sure. <laughs> that is uh, quite the story of what uh, somebody said to Bogman. Right, right, exactly. No, I was just at the the grocery store, but I was buying you know a bunch of stuff, so I don't have to go back there again for you know another two or three weeks. So I was buying two boxes of the forty pounds of cat litter. You know, All just right. the big, big monster ones, plus a bunch of 12 packs of soda. So a couple heavy things. And I was asking the cashier, like, hey, can you just uh, zap these here? Uh, and then I'll do the rest of my U scan uh, over here. But so I don't have to lift these because I got to lift them off the shelf, put them in my car, lift them at the counter and then bring them back into my Wait, apartment. What did you just, want them to do? I don't just, understand. Just to to scan it. From the, the main register, because I was at the like little U scan that's right next to the main register. So all she has to do is like uh, grab the, the little handheld gun, uh, walk up to my basket, scan the, the litter twice, and then the sodas three times, and then we're done. That's all soda you have and to do. litter, a common, uh, a common uh, shopping sure. trip for Bogman. Yes, yes. Uh, every, uh, I have every single woman with cats uh, list. It's those things plus some ice cream. You know, and go home and cry. Yeah. So, um, Rocky but, Road, but she, Coke, and cat litter. Perfect. She she was just acting like she had no idea what I was talking about. Similar to what I just did, though. I almost did the exact same bit. thing. I was like, I'm not really sure but, what you're asking here. Cash register all day long, right? You don't deal with these issues all day long. So it, it's understandable that you wouldn't understand what I was talking about, right? But for her, who's been working there all day long, yeah. presumably knows how everything works. She was just like, I, I don't understand what you're asking me. 
I said, well, so I don't have to pull these 40 pound boxes of litter out of this cart again and put them on here because it weighs everything. Can you please just scan them? And she's like, okay, so you want to do two separate purchases? And I'm like, never mind, forget it. I'll just do it. So I was like, I was a little frustrated. And she's like, I don't understand what you're asking me. I'm like, no, I, I, that's, that's okay. You don't have to just forget it. I'll do it. It's not that big a deal. And then she was, she's like, what, did you want me to lift these out of here? And I'm like, no, I didn't want anybody to lift them out of here. It, like it, it turned into this weird exchange that I thought you would appreciate. So obviously from zero laughter, uh, you don't appreciate no, it. No, I'm actually, okay. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the entire yeah, process okay. of it. it. It makes me, it makes me happy when someone else has those interactions because like, it's one of those things where I tend to have those and then I get told like, oh, I think you kind of that's bring true. that on to yourself. And I'm just like, yeah. well, no, I think there's also these people live out there. So that's actually fantastic to hear that you had that. Did, was, yeah. was she frustrated? Like, did she want to get behind when she was like, I don't understand. Like when you're just like, forget about it. Did she really want to help or were you guys in a battle no. of who would be more frustrated? No, no. Yeah, that was pretty much who would be more frustrated because I was like, all I want you to do is scan these. And she's like, well, we can't do that. I'm like, ma'am, I used to run these. Like, I used to run a U-scan when I worked at a grocery store. I know you can. I've done it a million times. She's like, they're all different in every store. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, I, I did the the Tom Segura thing where, it, you know, when I'm done with it, it's just like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I agree with you. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I don't need your help anymore. It's already done. I already lifted both of the goddamn things out of here and put them on the the uh, weight thing. So none of this matters anymore. Quit talking to me. Get out of my face. I do like you know? that's one of my favorite things about Tom Segura that I agree with is is he talks about it. He just gets to a point where he's just done with an argument. And he's just like, OK, he's like, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And he just completely <laughs> deflates a, a conversation when he's having no more of it. And he just goes, no, no, that's fine. Yeah, you're right. You're right. A hundred percent. You know what made me think of my frustration at the grocery store was the first team we're going to cover uh, the, the Houston, Houston Texans. Tex really? And Why? All their fans, like they're the you scan fans of the NFL. Yes, yeah, they are. They're like, what the hell is happening here? Why can't you figure this out? And Bill O'Brien uh, is just like, sir, do you want two different transactions? What are you talking yeah, about? So that's exactly right. Bill O'Brien is like, what do you mean you didn't want to trade DeAndre Hopkins? What are you talking about? Of course we had to trade him, you know. And everyone's like, no, you didn't. Just please understand what I'm saying and let it make sense. And like, no, none of this makes sense. I don't get it at all. So, and that's kind of what the uh, Texans draft wound up looking like, too. I love Bill O'Brien. Like, can we get a Photoshop of Bill O'Brien as the lady and Bogman on somebody else? And it's just a screaming match. Or actually, I guess it would just be Houston Texans fans as Bogman. So we would have needed you know, that picture. Be you and me, it should be the meme that uh, RotoWare did for uh, uh, the draft. It's you and me on one side, and I'm like pointing at the thing. And on the other side, instead of the cat, it's the cashier. Yeah, 100%. That's where it is. All right. So it's a good transition. We're finishing up this series. It's Team Outlook's post NFL draft. And then uh, subsequently we can kind of put together, I don't have the link. Can you send me the link to the draft book? Um, yeah. The, yep. Oh, no, here it is. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to look at DraftKings sports book as well. And we'll kind of look at like the team preview or like, you know, what the team outlooks for win totals and stuff looks like on each team. And with the Houston Texans going into the draft, they had traded away, uh, but they did have the 40th overall pick. They had a two with three, a couple fours, primary needs ended up looking like defensive line, whether it's interior or edge rushers, any type of a rusher is where they really wanted to tackle. Uh, they had through free agency and the trades, even though they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, they kind of finished up with what they needed at wide receiver, but ultimately we're back on the line interior and outside uh, tackle. So 
really anything on the line was a need for the Houston Texans and just building around Deshaun Watson. Yeah, anybody next to J.J. Watt, because it's kind of like in Houston right now, after losing D.J. Reader, it's kind of like Watt and nobody. So uh, that's really what they went into needing for sure. So uh, first pick, they go with Ross Blaylock, uh, defensive tackle at a TCU, and then Jonathan uh, Grainard uh, from Florida as an edge rusher. Those are the first two picks. So just really tackling need right off the bat. What did you think about the moves? Yeah, Blacklock was good. Uh, He kind of fell a little bit to 40. A lot of uh, mock drafts had him late first round, early second round, somewhere around there. So he took a bit of a tumble, but he's going to fit right next to J.J. Watt really, really well. So I like that pick. And I thought uh, Jonathan Greenard, the edge rusher out of Florida, was an awesome pick as well. So I like what they did, but you still have to be frustrated of, you know, knowing that they picked these players fairly well because I like Charlie Heck. The, alpha, the offensive tackle out of North Carolina. Carolina. I like John Reed, the corner out of uh, Penn State. And Isaiah Coulter, I think, is a very sneaky pick. The wide receiver out of Rhode Island later. So I like what they did. But if you're a Texans fan, you got to be frustrated knowing that they actually did pretty well in this draft if you just would have had more draft picks to work with. Yeah. If you would have got a first uh, for DeAndre Hopkins, if you wouldn't have traded a pick for Brandon Cooks, they could have come out of this uh, draft way, way richer. Well, so. we were looking earlier, if you guys uh, want to go check it out, I still say it's just a cool little compiled piece of stuff that can wrap your head around the NFL draft. It was uh, by Rene uh, Bugner, R-N-B-W-C-V, or uh, that's the Twitter handle. Or if you just search NFL Draft GPA, if you do that on Twitter, it'll come up. And Renee put together this list of like all of the major, uh, pro, you know, prospect NFL draft people, what their team grades were, and then compiled it into a GPA, like a school GPA, so you could kind of comprehend what the consensus was. And even gave you at the bottom the GPA that was handed out per writer, so you could see like, you know, who gave the highest, blah, 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 blah. And the Houston Texans were given the second lowest (laughs) GPA of any team at a 2.07, just above the Green Bay Packers. The highest grade was a B-plus by Doug Farrer from TD Wire and Chad Reuter. Otherwise, you saw D-plus from Thor Nystrom. Nate Davis from USA Today gave them an F. There's some Ds in there. So it was not well-received, the Houston Texans draft. Yeah, and I think the the bad grades are just kind of from knowing what they could have done, um, you know, and how they have traded away so many picks. They don't even have a first-round pick for next year, still the Welsh. So uh, the, the Texans have traded their first-round pick for 2021 already as well. So um, just uh, knowing O'Brien and knowing what he did to kind of wreck this draft, I think that factors into the bad grades. But if you're just looking at the players, where they got them, I think they did okay. Yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> okay one. Uh, looking over on the sports bet, the win totals on the Houston Texans is seven and a half, so minus one ten both ways, um, under or over. I think I'm going to go over on that. Like I know, I know the Texans got worse, but remember this team was up on the champs big, uh, and the Chiefs had to come back to beat them, uh, you know, late in that game. So I I, I think the the Texans roster is still fairly sound. So I'm going to go over seven and a half. I think they can be at least eight and eight. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I guess I would go over if I had to pick one. I don't particularly love either one. And that probably shows from like the minus 110 thing. But um, it's probably a hard, it's a hard pass for me, dog. That's a hard pass for me. (laughs) Uh, Next up, though, the Indianapolis Colts. You want to talk about a team that 
you know, made some really big philosophical team changes. Well, they brought in the quarterback, Philip Rivers, signed him to a one-year $25 million deal to get this team right. They also traded the 13th overall pick to the Niners for DeForest Buckner and then proceeded to give him all of the money in the world. They got Xavier Rhodes as well to fill out that corner spot. So the team the team has kind of a, a decision to make. As far as like what helps this year, that's probably building around... I mean, they signed Anthony um, Costanzo as well to a two-year deal. I think it's building around the offensive line for as a total, but really wide receivers, I guess, would be the biggest help if you wanted to pair that yeah. out. Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, you want to give a couple more playmakers there. They also have Jack Doyle. Other than that, the moves are for the future. So you've got a primary need at wideout, but then another primary need at quarterback. So they can consider that for the future. Otherwise, you're still looking at um, interior offensive or defensive linemen, kind of what any team at any point is in need of. And the Indianapolis Colts, Bogman, from the offensive standpoint, they made some, I, I think, some pretty impactful moves. I'm not the biggest Michael Pittman guy on the planet, but that was their very first pick. Uh, 34 overall, they took Michael Pittman out of USC, but then they traded back up and they got John, or, or maybe it was the trade up was the first one with Michael Pittman. But then at 41 overall, they took Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, which was probably the biggest, most exciting move. And then as well in the fourth round, they took uh, Jacob Eason. So they got their wide out. They got a quarterback to maybe groom, but they also got a impact now running back that could compete for the job. And I'm absolutely in love with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, especially going behind the amazing offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you know, PFF grades, uh, they have a 7th, 8th, 8th, 2nd, and 12th. Excuse me. 7th, 2nd, 8th, 45th, and 12th. So one spot is below average, and all other spots on that line, as far as PFF ranks go, are ranked in the top 10. So that offensive line is insane. And you give Jonathan Taylor behind a great offensive line and he is going to eat up chunks of yardage. He's going to run some dudes over. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Of course, this year, um, you know, they're going in and it's probably going to be a 50 50 split as of what they've already talked about uh, in press conferences and stuff between Taylor and uh, Marlon Mack. And look, I've admitted many times Marlon Mack is a lot better than I gave him credit for. Uh, when he was coming out of college and stuff. He's proved himself to be a much, much better back than I thought he was. But I think a lot like when we talked about Christian McCaffrey and getting him on the field and Alvin Kamara and keeping him on the field, you know, once you watch both these guys run, you just have to give the ball to the better player. And Jonathan Taylor is going to be the better player, I think, already than, um, you know, Marlon Mack. So I think Jonathan Taylor can make an immediate impact. Uh, Michael Pittman, uh, it might be a little bit longer, uh, but it gives them at least a nice big red zone target to go along with those tight ends and T.Y. Hilton. So I like the Pittman pick too. Jacob Eason, the Welsh, not the biggest fan of Jacob Eason, but like our buddy Pizapia mentions, couldn't go to a better place to sit and learn. You're learning behind Rivers and from Frank Reich. So I think it's a pretty good spot for Jacob Eason as well. It gives the Colts, um, you know, some things to work with because, you know, if the team if the team completely falls apart and fails, then you know you've got the potential to get a high pick and uh, restock that quarterback, and maybe Easton is a future backup, and then they can build around a new guy. If this team is really close and they win games, you might be able to re-sign Rivers, 
and you've already built some good offensive weapons around with Hilton and Doyle, and you'd have Jonathan Taylor. There's also some quarterbacks that are going to be available next year, potentially, and guys like Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. So they actually they, they gave themselves a lot of options. Either Eason can work, and if not, yeah. there's a multitude of other ways to go. What about uh, any of the other picks? Any other? Uh, I mean, they took Julian Blackman in the third round. They got uh, Danny Pinter at a Ball State guard in the fifth round. And then, you know, the sixth round, we don't have to really go into the sixth round, but what did you think about the guard and the safety they picked up? Yeah, I, you know, uh, that Utah defense is incredible. So uh, many, many picks from this draft out of that uh, backfield. And safety has always kind of been a weird spot for the Colts. So I thought getting Blackman was good. I really like Robert Windsor out of uh, Penn State, too. Nice penetrating uh, interior defensive lineman. Uh, should provide a nice backup to what Buckner is going to end up doing for them. So, you know, if you add up this draft plus trading for Buckner, I mean, that that grade's going to be really high. I don't think they were super high uh, on Renee's list here. I think they were uh, around a 12, yeah, 12 it's okay. or 13. They got a 3.8 GPA is what they were given. I want to say the highest grade was Nate Davis from USA Today who gave them an A, the lowest, probably no shocker, Thor Nystrom. Thor was either in or out on uh, <laughs> yeah. picks. He didn't really have much of a middle ground here. It was either you're getting a high A or you're going to probably get like a, you know, a lower a C D. or something like right. that. Yeah, exactly. He gave him a D plus. So he was the only one just for perspective. Thor gave him a D plus. The next lowest was a B minus by, um, I think it was only one person. Yeah. It was by Daryl Slater from uh, NJ.com. So otherwise it was everybody else is in the B and A category. On um, the sports book here for the Indianapolis Colts, minus 55 for over eight and a half, plus 127 for under eight and a half. Well, see, I think this is kind of the question of do you think the Colts or the Texans are better, right? Um, I think the Texans are still pretty good, but I like this Colts team as well. I but the I like Titans the Colts. were in the AFC championship. This division's tough, man. Yeah. Um, God, I think I'd have to play the over on that one too. Yeah, see, I, I feel like if I'm gonna if in given to your point here, if you're talking about the Tennessee as well, like if I have to pick between Houston seven and a, and a half over or Indianapolis eight and a half over, I'm gonna go with Indianapolis. You know, one of the better offensive lines of the NFL, Phillip Rivers, they got some more offensive weapons, they've got a defense, they brought in DeForest Buckner. I, I feel like I'm gonna bank on that where Houston just took stuff away. You know, Houston yeah. took away and I like I, I like the bet of eight and a half over, even though you're getting really bad odds of minus one fifty five on over eight and a half. It's there's a reason behind it. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna go on the over. When we come back, we will finish up uh, with the rest of this division, and then we are going to be jumping into the NFC. So we'll see how far we can get into the NFC in this show. Don't go anywhere. This is in this league right here on Sports Grid. You can find us on Twitter at Is It the Welsh at Bogman Sports. More around the corner. Don't go anywhere. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. It's in this league. Buckle up, buckaroo. All night. In this league, we are back, friendos. It is Bogman and the Welsh. Find Bogman on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Myself, at this is the Welsh. And if you go on over to InThisLeague.com, that'll take you to our Patreon coming up tomorrow on Friday. Brand new month. This is the last day of the month, actually, here in April. God willing, it's uh, going to be May 1st. It seems ridiculous. Uh, it's a great time to sign up with Patreon because also Bogman's going to have updated Dynasty ranks for the footballs. I'm going to be having uh, some new prospect stuff coming up this weekend. A new list for the MLB draft, updating the top 500 prospect list. Baseball is starting to loom. It's looming around here that uh, baseball might be kicking the tires to start back up here shortly. So it's a good time to get prepped. Uh, We've also got lots of other stuff. I mean, the baseball podcast, we just dropped a mock draft. It's mock draft May coming up here in the future. So if you guys want to have fun, you want to take part, any of that stuff, just check us out, patreon.com slash ITL Army, or just hit in this league.com. So getting back to the teams here and the team previews post-NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans. That's where we moved to. Uh, or did I? No, I jumped past the Jacksonville you Jaguars. Jackson. Well, probably right for I mean, so. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Freudian slip here, but uh, they actually did pretty good in the draft, I think the Jaguars did. Primary needs, uh, interior defensive line. They needed secondary help for sure. Um, and then in the secondary need category, it's probably across the board. This team needs to revamp. Do they really have a quarterback? Could they could they use some wide receiver help? Yes. Are they going to trade off a Leonard Fournette? Do they want to uh, address that? Maybe. Ultimately, they had two first round picks and they went heavy defense. So it's kind of like a play now uh, situation. Uh, Clavion Jason from uh, LSU and CJ Henderson was the ninth overall pick. They did get a wide receiver in uh, LaVisca Chenault, who I really like in the second round. But this was as far as you know, real positional players. They did get your boy Colin Johnson in the fifth round from Texas. But it was a couple wideouts, and the rest was just core team building. Yeah, I mean, um, this this draft is really good. It's obviously a little bit frustrating knowing, you know, Bill had one of the worst rosters going into the season. So uh, I think they did a great job, really, of improving this roster by getting C.J. Henderson, by getting Josiah Scott, who's a great cover corner as well. Uh, you know, LaVisca uh, or LaVisca Chenault can come right in and play across from DJ Chark. I'm really excited about watching him, you know, set up in the Wildcat with Leonard Fournette next to him. And uh, Chason is going to immediately start, you know, because I'm assuming Ngakwe is just not going to show up. And I think that is a little frustrating is them not being able to move Ngakwe. I think they're still asking for too much. And uh, if they are going to trade Leonard Fournette, which I think that's kind of off the table, I think if you were going to flip him, it probably would have happened during the draft. Not saying it can't happen, 
uh, in camp or preseason or yeah, whatever. What would be the I reason think... at this point? Like, who can they right. go and replace with? Like, are they going to pick up Carlos Hyde? Like, what are they going to do to make their team better? You know, Brieta's off the board. Um, yeah, I, I just I think they would I just agree. go our, our BBC, you know, running back by committee and uh, go with Armstead and then probably, like you said, maybe pick up a Carlos Hyde or Frank Gore or somebody, you know, if they were to trade uh, for that. But I think that only happens with like a preseason entry to a big time running back. You know what yeah. I mean? So oh, holding your breath for that is just not a smart way to go. But I, you know, Davin Hamilton, the big defensive tackle out of Ohio State was a great pick as well. And then they took a lot of these guys that I like late. I, I like Shaq Quarterman, the inside linebacker out of Miami. Guy was a much higher pick going into the year, regress a little bit, but still has that upside. And that's a position of need. And Colin Johnson just gives them an immediate uh, red zone target. Dude's six six. So uh, I really like him landing in Jacksonville because I think there's opportunity for him. But um, they could have knocked this draft out of the park, I think, if they had traded in Gawkway and got, you know, a hall of picks maybe. You know, instead of holding out for that one, maybe you get two twos or two and a three and a four or something. I think they could have done even better because I like what they put together in this draft class. The Jags ended up on uh, the NFL draft uh, grade GPA sheet that we're looking at with the ninth, the ninth best GPA, a three, four, four. So that is a very, very solid A student here. Uh, they got one B minus with Andy uh, Benoit from the Monday Morning Quarterback, and they got a C plus from Nate Davis uh, over at USA Today, which you know one of the was, harder graders. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the, yeah he was one of the harder graders uh, for sure. But everybody else, a lot of A's in this territory. I mean, just kind of across the board, and not that um, now PFF had some weird grades, but they were the technically the tied for the third most positive score. Um, they gave him an A, just a really solid A. They yeah. had the highest rating them in Chad Reuter. So Jacksonville kind of came out of this because, you know, they, they just hit a lot of um a lot of defensive and offensive need outside of the skill positions and people liked it. Yeah, and looking at their uh win total here, the Welsh, it's only five. It's minus one ten either way, but it's only five. But I still think if I'm betting on a win total for this team, I'm taking the under. Well, you have to with the three teams we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The three teams in that division, that's just rough sledding when six of your games are against Tennessee, Indianapolis, and um, uh, who, 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 Houston. So, and most uh, of the mock drafts I've seen have had Jacksonville taking uh, Trevor Lawrence with the first right next year. So I think (laughs) it's a pretty fair bet to take the under on that. So then the final uh, the final team here that who I tried to jump to was the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they bring him back Derrick Henry. They uh, reset up Ryan Tannehill. They got that in. Uh, as far as what this team needed to do, their heavy look had to be on uh, the defensive front, um, whether it's interior defensive line or edge rushers. Offensive tackle, another one that the, uh, the draft network had uh, dictated as a primary need. On the secondary side, there was cornerback. Um, you know, again, what I think is almost the default is when a team doesn't have the glaring needs, what you start to look at is a team can use new edge rushers, interior defensive linemen, and then any type, anything on the offensive line. And that's kind of right. like where this team fits in. They just want to bolster up that defense. They had with the 29th uh, overall pick, they did take Isaiah Wilson, who was one of our favorites with his mom and <laughs> what happened in the draft uh, video stuff. Uh, Christian Fulton out of LSU, cornerback, was their second-round pick, and they took uh, Darrington Evans out of uh, Appalachia State, running back. So they actually went uh, probably a little bit off book than people would have uh, really considered they would go running back, but they filled you know some relatively primary needs with their first two picks. 
Yeah, and you know what? I like some of these teams adding uh, players that really fit, right? Like uh, Darrington Evans is a speed back, so you put him next to Derrick Henry. He really fits. Uh, probably not going to see the field too much. But, uh, you know, we talked about the Chargers adding Joe Reed because he played with a quarterback that's a lot like Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert in Bryce Perkins at Virginia. And I feel like Cole McDonald, the seventh-round pick, who I wasn't sure was going to get drafted or not, but kind of a sneaky option for uh, the Titans as well because I think he mirrors a lot of what uh, Ryan Tannehill's skill set is. It's a lot of moving around in the pocket, uh, throwing the ball downfield. That's what he did in the run and shoot with Throlovich at Hawaii. So I thought that was a nice fit pick as well. But, uh, you know, Isaiah Wilson, a big monster up front, uh, is a great option. And I listed him uh, at OL because he played tackle at Georgia, but I think he's going to play guard in the NFL. So we'll see what the Titans end up doing with him. But they had to get someone across from uh, Adoree Jackson, too. So I think uh, Christian Fulton, who, you know, was mocked in the first round, specifically in like January and February, a bunch. I think um, some of the other corners separated themselves from Fulton in the combine and pro days and stuff, but still a pretty damn good corner to get at 61. And like I said, you know, snapping up Darrington Evans is great, but fantasy wise, I don't think he's going to be anything because how do you take Derrick Henry off the field? What I I think think is interesting about this team, though, is they were given uh, a very middle and grade, like one spot above the Niners. Like I'm not counting here, but this is probably like 15 or 16. They had a 297 GPA. Lowest score was um, Nate Davis with a D plus, but they were also given an A by Vinny Iyer from Sporting News. What's interesting about the Titans is I think they had an incredibly boring draft, and I don't think the players necessarily jump off the page, but I think it's what you started with that this team took what they had and they drafted players that immediately fit the need and fit their team, not just the need, but fit their team. And that's why they ended up getting a better grade than maybe they actually deserved. And you're right about that. But I tell you what will make this draft acceptable to me, because right now it's not really acceptable because the biggest need that they needed was an ad rusher 24th in QB pressures last season. Um, you know, I don't Vic Beasley is one of the worst QB pressure guys in the NFL after his rookie year. He has been garbage. So but I think that them not grabbing an edge rusher means they're going to go sign to Davian. I was just about to say, Boggs, yeah. there is a uh, edge rusher that is available right now. He wants a lot of money. But right. uh, what better move that the Tennessee Titans could come in? Do we know what their cap situation is? Uh, I think it's a little, you know, it, it's a little tough. I'm going to look to sign Clowney um, because Derrick Henry is playing under the franchise tag here. And they just gave Ryan Tannehill a ton of money. They just backed up the Brinks check and unloaded it on his house. So the Brinks uh, truck. So uh, well, it says are, are you seeing it? I don't know. Yeah, I see this. This doesn't seem exactly right to me, but this article, this is on NFL Trade Rumors, and it was just from a couple days ago, and it says, here's a look at the 2020 cap space. I don't think this is counting rookies, but it says the Titans have $21 million. The Browns have 38 to work with, the Lions 29. I have to assume this is not counting cap room because it shows the 49ers at 13. So once they sign the guys... That's usually what around like eight. You yeah. Say? So maybe Spo track t- is. Uh, I'm looking at Spo track. Their cap total they have at. Um. Well, they have cap space of 21 million. So yeah. maybe that is right. So if you take that's off, before rookie contract. Yeah. So if you take so, off, so. but they didn't really invest too crazy. So let's say it's seven million. 
if you take off seven million off of that, you're still working with about sixteen, fifteen million ish, right around fourteen to fifteen yeah. million ish right now. I mean, you could probably you could probably front load it this year, so it's you know maybe it's a base salary of twelve million, and he gets a big bonus, and then it goes up a whole bunch after this year. I think that's that would be doable for the Titans. And I mean, there's other teams out here that have big money to spend. Colts. Lions, Browns, those all those all have uh, some serious spending money, right? And I think that a, a lot of teams right now, just because of the way things are going with COVID nineteen, are kind of waiting to make sure we're going to get something because you don't want to sign Jadavian Clowney to a long term deal and give him this huge signing bonus and then he doesn't even play this year. So I think a lot of that might be waiting too. Uh, once yeah. you got past a certain point. Now they're waiting to see if the season's going to even happen, which uh, we obviously think it is since we're sitting here talking about this. Baseball's going to happen. I think football will happen too. But I think that that plays into why the long waiting game on Jadavian Clowney as well. Titans eight and a half, uh, minus 110, both sides. What do you think, over under? Got to take the over. Got to yeah. take the over. Yeah, I think so. this is an easy over. I think that I think this will jump up to nine to nine and a half if they sign Clowney, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, nine, easy. Yeah. Easy nine. Uh, so. I think we got time. Uh, we're going to move over to the NFC. We definitely got time to get through at least one team. We're going to start with the NFC East, and wouldn't you know it, how about them Cowboys? They were able to bring <laughs> back Prescott, uh, Prescott, Amari Cooper. They re-signed Blake Jarwin. Offensively, did they do anything crazy exciting in free agency? Maybe not. Uh, they played a whole bunch of, um, of lottery tickets uh, defensively in free agency from Aha, Clinton Dix to Dontre Poe. They signed Alden Smith, uh, Gerald McCoy. There's a whole bunch of move defensively. So where do they need to go? Well, primary need for the Cowboys, according to um, the draft network, was corner safety. So you had your entire secondary. You had an edge rusher, and you had some offensive line help. What was secondary need? Maybe getting a third wide receiver. You could play a future tight end role, and then defensive line. So this is full-on um front line on offense and defense and secondary and anytime you can get an edge rusher. And they um, they had something fall into their laps, Boggs, with the first overall pick. They got their future slot receiver, who's someone you think could be the number one in a year or two, in C.D. Lamb. And then they went heavy defense uh, for the next three picks, taking Trevon Diggs from Alabama. They got Gallimore, the defensive tackle out of Oklahoma, and Reggie Robinson, cornerback out of Tulsa in the uh, second, third, and fourth, respectively. It's funny. I had our buddy Will on the phone with me during the uh, the Cowboys pick in the first round, and he was like, "We just we need a corner, man. We need a cornerback so bad. We need somebody to cover because our guys get smoked every single time out there, and we lost Byron Jones to the Dolphins." So I was like, "Well, it's C.D. Lamb. So what do you think?" And his response was, "Can he cover? Can he cover anyone? Can we play him at corner? Get on base? Right. Exactly. So." Uh, he wasn't exactly thrilled. Uh, obviously, our buddy Will, uh, a Texas fan, too, so not liking two Oklahoma picks in this draft in CeeDee Lamb and Neville Gallimore. But I, I think this is a strong, strong draft because they replaced a lot of things that they needed. You know, I think getting uh, BPA in the first round with CeeDee Lamb is fantastic. Trevon Diggs, the corner from Alabama, plus Reggie Ro Robinson the second is going to play that nickel role. So those guys could start uh, really quickly. Uh, Gallimore is going to learn behind McCoy and Poe. I like that. Uh, Tyler Biads from uh, the center from Wisconsin repla replaces Frederick, and he fell, so I like that one. They moved up with Philly to get him. That's how much they like him. And Bradley and I falling all the way to the fifth round. 
I think was a fantastic pick. So not the biggest Ben DiNucci fan, but uh, I heard some comps to Jake DeLum, so I, I like the comps. So, But I think the Cowboys did really well in this draft, even on, if the Cowboy fans don't like it. On the uh, NFL draft grades at RNBWCV, this is the GPA, all the graders that went out there, ESPN, uh, PFF, NFL.com, Roto World, they're all taken into account here and given a GPA. The Dallas Cowboys were given the second best GPA right behind the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Number two, the lowest score was from Dan Cater from SB Nation with a B minus. There were three other B pluses, Daryl Slater, Mark Maskey, and Mel Kuyper Jr. Everybody else was an A, even the tough guys in Nate Davis Lots and Thor Nystrom. Lots too. of A pluses, A minuses. They were a resounding win across the board by um, just you know, absolutely addressing the defensive needs they have and getting a A plus impact player at the wide receiver position was probably, which was probably their only real offensive need. So, you know, I think everybody looks at the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, post draft and just goes, wow, you know, where are they going to struggle so much so that they're given an over under of nine and a half minus 134 on the over and a plus 110 on the underbox. Oh God, nine and a half. Nine and a half, 134. Uh, it does not pay well on the over, pays well on the under, which tells you the likelihood even I'm less. Go I think you got to go over here. Yeah, over for me. Yeah, you got to so, go over. So I hate it because it's Cowboy fans and you're getting them credit. But yeah, you got to give them credit when it's due, man. All right, when we come back, we are going to probably just end finishing up with the NFC East. Don't know if we'll tackle into any of the others. So don't go anywhere. More in this league right around the corner. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this league. Oh, I remember. I love it. In this league. Oh, I remember. 
Welcome back in this league final segment here. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm not here tomorrow, but uh, Nick is going to be here with uh, CFB Winning Edge with Bogman. You guys gonna are you guys going to do this or are you going to talk college football? What's the plan? Uh, you know what? I haven't really decided yet. I think we're going to be doing college football. I think it's so. not a bad idea because you know what? We finish up with the NFC East here, and that gives us at least one hour on the weekend to um, you know finish up with this entire outlook here, like yeah. we, especially the NFC West and stuff. You and me could tackle this so. Uh, we can finish this up on the weekend Gotta edition. Got to the NFC West for you. Yeah, so. you got to. Uh, three hours. Three hours every Saturday if you guys want to check it out. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed. If you're listening on the radio, just search in this league. You'll see the artwork for the radio show. If you're listening on the podcast, well, you're probably subscribed and you're good to go. You're getting a podcast every single day, Monday through Friday, in a three-hour show on Saturday. So technically, if you uh, balance this out to at least an hour a day, we would cover you seven days a week here on In This League, right here on Sports Grid. So uh, thanks to them for uh, the continued support of ITL as we can keep churning out some content for everybody. So we were talking about uh, the draft grades and uh, post-draft world for these teams. Dallas Cowboys, absolutely huge win. Second highest GPA, the GPA we're using here, fit all of the needs can the same thing be said about the New York Giants? The New York Giants are in a weird spot. Of course, this team made a few offensive moves. They signed Colt McCoy. They brought in Deion Lewis to a deal. Uh, defensively, they had uh, Leonard Williams get set with a franchise tag. They were able to give a contract to Blake Martinez, and they got a couple other spots filled as well, a three-year deal with James Bradbury. So where's a primary need? Well, offensive line to protect Danny Dimes. That's got to be the biggest linebacker and edge. That's all according to the uh, draft network. Secondary would be, they continue on edge rusher, but safety and wide receiver. So in this draft, they did not take a single skill position player at all. I mean, if you want to guess, if you want to consider like corner or whatever, but we're talking O-line safety, O-line corner first four picks were secondary and offensive line first i'm sorry they took an offensive lineman with their fifth pick so of the first five picks three offensive linemen two in the secondary and then with the last four of the last five picks they went (laughs) all backers so i mean this team literally went offensive line secondary and linebacker that is the only thing they covered so what about the picks did they do well i think they did great and it's funny you know uh a lot of people making fun of Gettleman uh, coming into this draft, leaving it. I didn't hear uh, too many Gettleman comments. Uh, Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia, was uh, their guy. You know, obviously we thought it was going to be worse, but they played close to the vest, man. We didn't know what they were going to do last year either, and uh, they took, you know, um, they took the big defensive tackle last year. So uh, I, I really like this. This helps out a lot. Positions of need like safety. Uh, you know, getting McKinney, I thought was great in the second round. Matt Parrott and Andrew Thomas could bookend their tackle spots for the next decade, and it wouldn't be shocking. Uh, they got Shane Lemieux, I thought was a really nice deal down at 150. And then they need something. I, you know, some of these guys are going to pan out on defense. Some of them aren't, but they also spent big money on it. So now some of these guys can sit back and learn a little bit. So um, I really like this draft, and I think you know they're probably going to need some skill position guys next season, yeah. but there's a lot coming out uh, at skill position next year too. So I think they did very well in this draft. I actually do too. This is one of those things where it would be hard to stomach a little bit uh, just as like a casual fan or, you know, it's like how I treat my 49er team where it's like, <laughs> holy Christ, Offensive you're going to do all this. <laughs> yeah, but the Niners did that before. They've done this before. Yeah. This is sometimes the precursor move you have to do because you're right. 
offensively, they've got weapons to get. They they've got weapons. Saquon yeah, Barkley is enough. Daniel Jones looks solid. They've still Sterling Shepard is a trade dude. Evan Ingram. No, they didn't yeah. trade Evan Ingram. You've got Darius Slayton who stepped up in Golden Tate. So this is all very serviceable. So you build a solid ass offensive line uh, line around these guys, which they did. You go core defense. So like you're saying, next year, depending how this team you know balances out they can really go after one of those impact receivers. There's a whole bunch of impact receivers that are in the draft next year if that's what they want to tackle because you're not going to go and get another back when you have Saquon Barkley. So if you have Sterling Shepard and you can add, you know, one of the big dudes, uh, isn't there, who's the LSU kid? Oh, Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase, or isn't there, who's the Alabama one? Uh, There's Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. Waddle, yeah, Waddle is who I was thinking of. Waddle and Chase, you can get one of those guys to pair with it. I mean, in 2022, the Giants are scary. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. And, you know, Matt Parrott is probably going to get to sit because I'm, I'm guessing that Thomas uh, starts at right tackle. They may eventually move him to left because Nate Salter is getting a little long in the tooth, but uh, he gets to learn as well. Shane Lemieux probably gets to sit a year and McKinney should be out there probably from day one. I think it's safety. So uh, they're, they're going to have a lot of experience. And now, you know, Jabril Peppers and McKinney on the back end, they brought in uh, Martinez. They have O'Shane Zimenez, who they drafted last year at edge with Fackrell, who they signed. Plus, they're big up the middle with Carter and Williams. Uh, you know, cornerback may still be a little bit of an issue uh, if DeAndre Baker doesn't improve their first round pick from last year. But, uh, you know, they they took Holmes as well to uh, kind of work out there. So um, I really I think they did a pretty good draft adding. This is like, you know, a phase two of a three phase plan to rebuild. That's the a Giants. great way to say it. This that's a hundred percent way. I would say it. This was phase two, probably the, mo- the toughest to stomach because of how boring it can be. And phase three is just finishing out those final impact players. You know, maybe you get Like I said, an impact wide receiver, maybe you get an impact pa- uh, pass rusher, you know, edge rusher next year. Um, I-, I agree with you. They were a little bit on the upper tier of the middle. They had a three, one, two uh, GPA. They were given, the most, uh, the worst grade they got was Mark Maskey from Washington Post at a C plus, and Nate Davis at a C plus. But contrary to uh, Nate Davis, who was a relatively low grader, Thor was the lowest. He gave them an A minus, so he was one of only three of the um, the rankers to give the Giants an A on here. You had full A's given to the PFF staff and to Vinny Iyer from Sporting News. So you know, not to discount any of the specific people that were on here, but. If you're going to get A grades, I I like what Roto World does with Thor, and I like uh, PFF. That's a pretty good spot to get your A's on. So the Giants might be, their draft might have been a little bit underrated since they were so focused. You know, they were so absolutely Six and a half wins. Six and a half wins is a number for them. And I think it pays, uh, let me just double check, minus 106 for over, minus 115 for under. This is a tough one for me. Um, I think they could be a sneaky team. I yeah, I could ca- see seven and nine, but I don't think I'd bet on it. So I take the under. Yeah, I guess I, I you're probably right. The safe way to go is probably taking the unders for sure. So let's give one more year for Daniel Jones because let's not forget the new coaching staff coming in as well. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd go under. Uh the Philadelphia Eagles. What were the needs? Well, they didn't really do anything offensively in free agency. Defensive, they did. They brought in Darius Slay. They got in a trade. Uh, they got some secondary help. They signed uh, Javon Hargrove to a pretty big contract, three-year, $39 million deal. Digger. I was so mad. That's a stealer. Right uh, so where was the primary need? Well, wide receiver. You know, that has been kind of an absolute 
I don't know, albatross or black hole of just, you know, churned out players, even though they've made the investment on it. Uh, linebacker and corner, you also got on secondary needs, edge rusher as usual for all these teams and safety. And they, um, you know, the first pick, I'd say the first two picks were absolute shocks and I'll let you go through all the others, but the first two picks were absolute shocks for two reasons. No one was shocked when the Eagles took a wide receiver at 21. Everyone was shocked when it was Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson right. seemed like the most um, like chalk of a pick of a, of a team in a fit. And every mock I did, every time I saw Justin Jefferson just made sense to me. So for them to, to pass on him for Rager was surprising. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was odd. And I think that was a shock. And then the next shock and people still can't wrap their heads around was they spent a second round pick, the 53rd overall pick on a quarterback and they took Jalen hurts out of Oklahoma. They cited the coronavirus. They cited players getting sick. Um, but I, I still don't think Eagles fans can really wrap their head around why they would have that high of an investment when they have Carson Wentz as their quarterback box. Yeah. And I don't get that thought process either because this is a team that has won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. So you'd think if anyone appreciates a backup quarterback in this league, it is Eagles fans and they just still don't. So he's going to be used as a wildcat too. They're going to use him a lot like Taysom Hill to start off. So I wasn't really, uh, I, I thought the first two picks are fine. I wouldn't have taken Rager ahead of Jefferson, but I do. I get it. Rager has a ton of upside. Jalen hurts. I think is fine. I kind of wanted the Steelers to take him and they passed on him. Uh, after that though, I was kind of surprised what they were doing with these wide receivers because they have good ones on the roster like Alshon, like Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, they still have some other decent players. Greg Ward was good there last year, but they traded for Goodwin from you guys, right? Yep. And then they added John Hightower in the fifth, and they added Quez Watkins in the sixth. So they're kind of doing what the Packers did a couple of years ago and took a couple at the end and just they're going to see who pays out because they interest, uh, invested a second round pick in J.J. Ortega Whiteside last year as well. So it was just kind of surprising to see them, uh, you know, go that deep into the wide receiver well, because now they have like 12 on the roster and they're going to have to make some weird cuts. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening. But so I thought, you know, getting uh, Prince Tega Wanago uh, in the sixth round was a nice deal, too. But other than that, uh, fairly, fairly strange draft from the Eagles. So I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't very high on that list. They had one of the most eclectic ranks. Um, they are they hit every single score but an F. So they went as <laughs> low down as a D minus from Nate Davis and as high as an A minus where Thor, again, this is that like mixture where a couple times, um, it's it's actually funny as I look here, there's a couple times that Thor Nystrom from Roto World and Nate Davis from USA Today, they were the two like most aggressive uh, low rankers. The two times, I think it was two times that they completely were different on the opposite ends of ranks. Uh, from a really hard degree was one was the Philadelphia Eagles where Thor gives them an A minus and then Nate gives them a D minus. The other was the opposite with the Steelers where Nate Davis gave them an A minus and Thor gave them a D minus. So it's just interesting seeing those guys, but they were across the board. They were only given a two, three, five GPA with the fourth lowest, uh, I'm sorry, the fifth lowest cumulative team uh, draft grades from uh, Renee Bugner here, the, uh, the GPA list. So it was really, really low down the list. And I, I feel like Jalen Hurts is the thing that screwed this all yeah. up for everybody. Yeah, it really is. And I know that uh, you want to, yeah, one of the good quarterbacks sees the window closing. And so you want to add skill position, all that stuff. But if that guy goes down, you have nothing. And 
the Welsh nine and a half is a number for them. Yeah. They were nine and seven last year. That's a rough one, man. And it pays the same too. Minus one ten both sides over and under. And, and see, this is a this is a rough one because like, you know, we're gonna talk about Washington here in a second. They're out of this. The Giants, I think. What were the Giants at six and a half? Yeah, six and a half. And what did they you, could steal one? Yeah, I think they can steal one. I said one. under. I said under because of new coaches. So I think I think I might go over on the Eagles. I, I'm I still go think under. the roster's really good in this division. I'm going to go so. under. I don't like it. I think the Cowboys, if I'm going to pick a team in this division, I think it's the Cowboys are the one that could win 11 games. I like the Eagles at nine. I think nine and a half is perfect, and I'm, I'm going to say under just because I think they're a nine-win team. It's a good number. I wouldn't mess with it. I'll say that. Yeah. I would not mess with that one. Um, final team here in the NFC East, and it is the lowly Washington Redskins. Um, as far as what they did in the offseason, they brought in Kyle Allen. They brought in a couple just, I don't know, bench-warming running backs is the best way you could say it, J.D. McKissick and Peyton Barber. Uh, just they didn't. Here's a better way I should do it. They didn't bring anyone impactful offensively in. Defensively, they were able to sign Thomas Davis to a contract, and they really, really covered the secondary. So ultimately, this team still has a lot of needs. Uh, NFL Network only gave them a primary need of edge rusher because simply Chase Young was their pick and nothing else mattered. So the secondary one is what you care about. The entire offensive line, tight end, corner, wide receiver, and running back. So really anything this team wanted to do besides quarterback was a need for them. Chase Young was the... You know, most no brain, really the number one most no brainer of no brainer because there's arguments yeah. where the Bengals could have traded out or not taken Burrow. Chase Young was the most no brainer of this entire draft. And then the Redskins didn't have a second round pick, but they spent between um, two fourths and a third. They got two wide receivers and Antonio Gandy Golden and uh, Antonio Gibson. And then they got um, Shadiq Charles, offensive tackle out of LSU. So they got a little bit of wide receiver help, a little bit of offensive line help to go with Chase Young. Yeah, I like Keith Ishmael, the center out of San Diego State, too. But uh, I think just getting weapons for Dwayne Haskins had to be one of the biggest priorities on this team. But did they get weapons, though? Are Antonio Gibson well, and Gandy Golden, are those weapons? Yes, I I really like Antonio Gandy Golden. He's a big-bodied, wide-out, skinny dude, uh, but 6'4", so he becomes an immediate uh, impact guy. And Antonio Gibson, it's tough uh, narrowing down what he is because a lot of teams considered him a running back because he took snaps from H back last year. I think he, he was played listed a lot as a running back when too. he was drafted. Cause I saw Redskins fans on Twitter kind of losing their mind. They're like, they're taking another freaking running back. And I was like, no, they got the case here. He's going to be a weapon. We saw what yeah. Curtis Samuel was with, um, we saw what Curtis Samuel was with Carolina with Ron Rivera there. I think that's Antonio Gibson's role, but I think he's bigger and he's not, I don't know that he's as fast as Curtis Samuel was when he came into the league, but Curtis Samuel, broken his ankle so uh he's gonna add some speed and antonio gandy golden's gonna add some speed and some length so i like those targets i think you can't go wrong with chase young so i think they did okay here cliquey hudson kind of fell that was a nice little steal for them too so they did okay i would say is the the way to go (laughs) sorry I think this is a middling draft for them. So uh, pretty good. I, I wouldn't knock them for what they did here. They were on the upper half given a 3-1-8 GPA. They did have a couple Cs given by Mel Kuyper. Only gave, Mel Kuyper gave them the lowest grade of any of them, C+, and Ryan Dunleavy from NY Post. But they 
even went upwards of A minuses from I think Nate Davis. This was actually another one of those. It was similar. Nate Davis gave a uh, an A minus. No, I was reading that wrong. A minus and Thor gave him a B plus. So the the guys that didn't give good ratings were pretty favorable to the Washington Redskins. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like I don't Five. think I, I think this was like Five's a number. eighty. Well, real quick, I think the the rank and the um, value is eighty five percent about Chase Young. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.